It is Thursday, October the 8th, 2020. I've already had enough of the fly jokes. We all saw it, folks. Everyone made the same joke. Yes, flies can smell bullshit. Blah, 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 blah. Ha, 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 ha. Dumb. Build a bridge. Move on. All of that and a whole lot more on episode number 40, the Dino Raja episode. If you're not down with Dino Raja, turn off the fucking podcast right now. Episode of Complaints and Observations. The greatest podcast hosted by someone who knows so precious little about eh, almost everything. A journey into the mediocre mind of an exceptionally average person. This is Complaints and Observations with Dave LaPointe. Who the hell is Dave LaPointe? Welcome, uh, everybody. Thank you for joining me, all three of you that listen to my show. Uh, Coming to you from the dining room today of the the new uh, broadcast palace, however, the actual studio, that's months away. I would say months away before that's ready and done and usable. So it's gonna it's gonna sound like fucking shit. There's an echo in here. I tried another room on Monday, still had an echo. The house is like seventy five fucking years old, so there's probably fucking echo everywhere. Eventually, I'll have um, uh, a spot to actually record this crap that nobody listens to that I just can't seem to figure out what to do with. <laughs> oh, you have a podcast? What's it about? Nothing. I mean, once upon a time, that was a funny premise. For a podcast, though, it's stupid because people listen to things they want to listen to. People don't want to tune in and listen to nothing. Also, I still have this fucking cold. Uh, yeah, it's it's bullshit. Not pleased how stuffy and congested I still am. And it makes me wonder. I wonder if it's allergies more than anything. I wonder if I had the cold, beat the cold, and now I'm just allergic to this house. Wouldn't surprise me. But it is what it is. What can you do? Um, The big thing today that I, I, I wanted to talk about in length is uh, two days ago, we lost an absolute legend. Uh, Edward Van Halen passed away after smoking roughly six million cigarettes and then developing multiple cancers over the course of the last 15 to 20 years. But so it, it just sort of goes in line with everything else in this year. And it's such a stupid, cliched thing to say. Oh, 2020 sucks. Well, you know, it does. It's just it's heightened 
more so. I mean, every year it's pretty much sucked for different reasons, but this one just seems as if shit's piling on. And so the other thing that's piling on is how many people are saying 2020 sucks. All right. We, like, same with the fly jokes. We fucking get it. Okay. Build a bridge. It's fine. Ugh. But the the death of Eddie Van Halen has once again cast a pall over pretty much everything. Not for everybody, but for a lot of us. Specifically, uh, people of my age and of musical tastes. Not everybody loved Van Halen. Not too many people loved Van Halen as much as, as I. Which is a shame. You're missing out. Can you do? First and foremost, though, fuck cancer. That's uh, That needs to be said. Fuck cancer for the eight billionth time. Fuck cancer. It's just terrible. He was only 65, so he's still very young. Uh, but as I mentioned, he'd been sick for at least 15 years. Tongue cancer. Uh, throat cancer. Eventually it spread throughout his body and into his brain. So my my guess is the last few months for him were horrifically uncomfortable. But the thing with that is he lived like a crazy person on and off for the last 40 years or so. That, that'll take a toll on anyone that's not named Keith Richards. Uh, him and his brother Alex drank obscene levels of alcohol for a long time. I read something yesterday that Alex Van Halen in the 80s would uh, wake up, uh, open a case of uh, tall, like 40 ounce malt liquors, drink half the case, pass out, uh, wake up, drink two or three more, you know, then might eat dinner, then finish the case. Every day. That's, I mean, how many times did that guy fucking go to the bathroom? That's been pissing his brains out. He might, he probably resembled a fucking raisin. He was so dehydrated. That's ridiculous. Anyways, but it was, I mean, these guys drank all kinds of different things for a very long time. At one point in Eddie's life, he was drinking uh, essentially a case of wine a day. Uh, would never put it in a glass. He always would just drink it straight out of the bottle. Real classy wino. Uh, it's not exactly known what kind of drugs he was doing, but he himself said that he did drugs, so... Uh, it sucks, all of it. And look, please quit smoking. The dude at one point had a third of his tongue removed, and he kept smoking. And yes, I'm sure it's very difficult, but it'll be even harder if you don't make an effort. But even after the tongue thing, like he was living with a... Uh, at the time... He was living with someone who would literally take a biopsy of his tongue like every so often to see if the cancer had come back. So he had already lost a third of his tongue, 
and he kept getting the tongue biopsied after that. So who the fuck knows how much of a tongue he had left? Probably not much. Um, but he got really fucked up after the tongue thing, and, and like I said, drinking wine by the case. Sammy Hagar's book mentioned how he saw him in like 2006, and his teeth were fucking rotted out of his mouth. Uh, there are stories about him pulling fucking teeth out of his out of his head with a pair of pliers because his tooth was bothering him, so he just pulled it out. Uh, he didn't bathe his pants. He wore like the same fucking like military cargo pants held up by a piece of rope. He wore uh, combat boots that had holes in them uh, held together by gaffer's tape. Gross. Like the man was just not well. This was around the time of the amazing Fred Durst story. Uh, if you haven't heard this story, please Google it. Just Google Eddie Van Halen, Fred Durst, and read the story. It's outstanding. Outstanding. My sense is that Fred Durst let out a audible sigh of relief when he found out that, that Eddie passed away. Anyways, look, the soundtrack of my life, and more impactfully, the first half of my life, is probably 65% Van Halen, or Van Halen adjacent, as I was a big fan of solo David Lee Roth. I was a young man when that, I was a, I was a boy, I was a wee lad. When the split happened, too young to understand the you know the, the whole reason and the schematics, if you will, of the split. Other than the fact that they didn't get along, that's what I would. That's what NTV News told me. Tap of the Soren would tell me what the deal was at the time. Or Martha Quinn, Martha Martha Quinn. But I love that crap. You know, whatever. But when Sammy Hagar joined the band, it was a it, there was an absolute difference. I mean, look, David Lee Roth for all of his. Uh, gifts as a front man can't sing, never could. Sammy Hagar, on the other hand, the man could sing. He was an excellent singer, great vocalist. So there was a definite different sound. I mean, obviously, part of the reason, in hindsight, that that uh, that Roth left is is Eddie's insistence on using the synthesizer more. It's like mid eighties. Oh, hey, let's use more synth. Well, okay, for whatever reason, Roth didn't like it and. Thought he could do better. His solo band was dynamite. A dynamite solo band. So, yeah, it was that. But the signature sound was still there. Eddie's signature sound was still there. And it was awesome. But like I said, different. It, it was almost, it was basically two different bands. And I think the fact that that you could do that. It's very ACDC-ish where, you know, the Bon Scott days and then the Brian Johnson days, they were infinitely more successful with Brian Johnson, like monetarily, just like Van Halen were infinitely more successful with Sammy Hagar. Just in terms of sheer you know, record sales and chart singles and all that useless bullshit. 
Still awesome. I got to see the band a few times. It was it was really odd how you know, 1984 when that came out, I was 6. So obviously, you know, I don't didn't think my parents were going to take me to a concert at 6 years old. They didn't. Uh 5150 was like 1986, I think. Oh, you ate one two, and then for unlawful carnal knowledge was ninety one. That was probably around the time where I started to you know be interested in wanting to see them, and I know my cousin had brought it up, but I was probably, like I said, twelve, thirteen years old, and she was a bit older. So it's funny how that worked out, but. Saw them a couple of times. They toured in 95, and I, I'm pretty sure I saw them on that tour. I, I was trying to think uh, the other day if I had, and I, I honestly, I couldn't remember. So I have to check the old pile of ticket stubs, see if I was at one of those shows. But uh, 98, they toured with uh, Gary Sharon, the ill-fated Van Halen 3 tour. Uh, my friends and I were banned for life from Great Woods that night. Banned for life. We got caught drinking in the parking lot. I'll never forget that event staff guy as long as I live. What a fucking cock-sucking douchebag that guy was. Here we are, we're like 19, 20 years old. You know, we weren't causing any trouble. We're like drinking a few beers in my buddy's car and it was like, it, you know, like we had committed some fucking egregious felony in the parking lot at Great Woods. Problem is that we didn't go into the show when the show started, so we weren't interested in the opening acts. In hindsight, we should have been. Not that it mattered. It makes for a much better story. Where the fucking douchey event staff guy is sitting there reading a, a card to us saying that we're banned for life. And then the cops like, oh, just take their tickets. Took the tickets and off we went. That was it. Gary Sharon lost his voice that night. So they, after three songs, they cut the show off. And then they played the next night and I went back and saw them. So it was great. Good time. There were a couple shows after that, but I missed out on the true power of the band like that 82 to 92 or so missed out on that but i still had all the records still had tapes cds and you know honestly i'll never forget uh the 1984 album on tape i had that i wore the fuck out of that tape i wore that fucking thing out Great album. And the thing, Eddie, uh, he knew how great he was. And apparently one of his flaws is that when he was fucked up, he liked to remind everyone around him of that and how they needed him to be successful. Not wrong. I saw on Twitter yesterday, somebody mentioned what happens if, if the band is called Lee Roth instead of Van Halen. They're not the same. I don't, I don't think so. Who knows? 
But the man had a gift. He had an absolute gift. And I wonder if that's how it is when you're clearly better than every other human being on earth at a single thing, at a single time, where you just, you you know it, you feel it, and you feel the need to remind people of it. And look, I mean, I, it's all subjective. I mean, I can say he was the greatest guitarist ever, but, you know, it's a, it's a, there's a long list uh, of people who fall into that very similar category. So, but look, he was a very strange man. Uh, cursed by a variety of demons while possessing a skill that few others could ever dream of and shared that skill and that gift for others to everyone to enjoy. And that, look, this one stings. It stings bad. And I've already spent a ton of time watching, you know, various live performances on YouTube, listening to songs and you know, it's it sucks because it, Van Halen was one of those bands that for the last ten years you sit around, you wait, and you're like, all right, when when are they? When's the reunion? When's the tour coming again? When is this going to happen? When are we going to see this again? When are they going to get their fucking shit together? Even though they were in their sixties, you know, I mean, the fucking Stones are still cranking, and they're in their seventies. They're ten years older. <laughs> they're ten years older than fucking Van Halen. And they're on not just tours, but world tours. They were supposed to do it this this year. It was supposed to be a world tour for the Stones. $300 tickets at fucking Gillette Stadium. Hmm. All right, Mick. How much more do you... What the fuck, dude? Huh? But, you know, you always have that hope in the back of your mind that someday uh, it was going to come back. Like when they toured again with Roth the last time, which was... I think that was like 2012. Uh, it didn't, it didn't feel the same. Partially because Michael Anthony wasn't a part of the band, and so the you know the vocals didn't sound the same. One because Dave couldn't sing, and he clearly couldn't sing in in 2012, just like he couldn't sing in 1982. But yeah, it's a bummer. It's uh, it's different than when Dimebag died. I mean, Dimebag, that was a shock. That's what that was. That was completely different. This, you kind of, you knew it was coming, but it was a, a surprise when it when it finally came because you knew he was sick and it was just a matter of time. Plus, he was not, he was kind of adverse to chemotherapy from what I understand. Can't say I blame him. Chemotherapy is disgusting. But... Anyways, real bummer. And everything I just said has been said a thousand times. Nothing new, nothing exciting, very boring, monotone, uh, congested nonsense. So, but that's it. Anyways, uh, rest in power, Ed, and fuck cancer. So I put out the uh, the phone number the other day, 617-65-RIP-EM. Uh, didn't hear from anybody, but again, this is what happens when you have four listeners, you know, they all have your number anyway, so they'll just text you and tell you what's going on. But I still enjoy the, uh, the call-in feature, 617-65, rip them. And this is the part of the show where I, you know, 
think about what I want to do with the show, seeing as I have no clue. But um, if you'd like to be on the show, let me know. My uh, my feelers for for guests on the show uh, have been roundly rejected. <laughs> I don't think I was shooting for the moon. You know, a couple of newspaper writers and a couple of uh, um, authors about topics that I found interesting that I, you know, would like to, you know, sort of talk to people about, but roundly rejected. Oh, you don't have enough listeners. Yes, I know. That's the whole reason for having you on the program, sir, ma'am. Whatever. I'm bitter. That's okay. We'll get there. Um, I wanted to talk about a couple things. Obviously, again, uh, the pandemic is lingering in the background here. So the NFL and the pandemic, the way that they're dealing with this thing, I, you know, I, I don't hate it, but at the same time, I hate it. I don't think that they were entirely prepared. I think they thought they were prepared. But they were not prepared to handle what would happen when something like what's happening in Tennessee happened. And, and they should have known using baseball as a reference where you had multiple teams with large outbreaks. The thing about Tennessee is it spread out more. I mean, the Titans have had, I think it's up to like 22 different people now test positive. Uh, but over the course of like a week and a half, two weeks, whereas like Philadelphia, Miami, St. Louis, in baseball, it was a very compact um, amount of time. My ears are popping right now. Fucking A. God. <sighs> So I don't think I don't think they were very much I don't think they were prepared for the inevitable, really, because that's that's what it was. I mean, it was inevitable that shit like that was go was going to happen. You just knew. It's like a flu. Whenever there's whenever the flu happens in, in sports, that shit goes around a clubhouse like wildfire happens all the time you see it at least once twice a year uh seems to happen to the bruins in like february every single year during their uh ice capades road trip where they're away from boston for two weeks a, a, a flu bug tends to go around so it happens all the time and you could see it coming Yet, for whatever reason, they didn't prepare for this thing. Now, the thing with the Titans is they, and I heard this today, they were not told last week that the game was going to be postponed until like Friday, I think. So they got together uh, and practiced away from the facility on Wednesday. However, at the time... That was not against the NFL's protocol, which really makes no fucking sense at all. 
and really common sense should have prevailed there, but uh, it, it didn't. I mean, you're dealing with professional athletes. You're dealing with people who smash their heads against one another uh, for a living. So you can't expect them to be smart. I, guess, I mean, you can in some regards. You can expect the quarterback to have his wits about him because he's the only one not getting smashed in the face every week. However, the Titans quarterback is Ryan Tannehill. I don't, I don't know the guy. I'm, I'm making assumptions. Who knows? But they didn't think this through. They don't have the... They can't do this sport in a bubble. doesn't exist. So you can't do it. Theoretically, you could. You put, you know, you put all the teams in, you know, you put the AFC in New York, the NFC in, in LA, split them up, uh, no cross-conference games until the Super Bowl. Um, you have games every day. So, I mean, that way you could work it out. There's plenty of hotels. I mean, you would have to, you'd have to lock that shit down. Every hotel, every stadium would have to be locked down. And you'd probably still run into these problems, but it just wasn't feasible. So now you have the Patriots where you've got one guy who tests positive early on last week. One guy. Not early on, but midweek last week. Actually, no. When did he find out? Friday? Saturday? Nah, I can't remember. Let me look. Uh, anyway. He, so Cam Newton, uh, test positive. Five days ago. Hmm. No, that can't be. That can't be right. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. Whoa, Jesus. All right, Shefty. Sorry. Yeah, the third. Hmm. Which was what, Saturday? Yeah. Okay. Well, so he found out Friday. So, end of the week, Friday. Um, and. Allegedly had dinner that night now with um, Stefan Gilmore, who has COVID. So right now we're at three total cases for the Patriots. They still went ahead and played Monday night, separated guys. And the, the funny part is, is they, you know, sending guys in two planes as if that's going to make a fucking lick of difference. Because then when they actually get there, they're going to be sharing a locker room, sharing a field. Doesn't really matter, does it? You're going to be exposed to those guys anyway. <coughs> God. So, didn't really matter. The funny part is, is you know, you've got all these talking heads in the media, like, oh, the Patriots shouldn't have played, blah, 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 blah. Well, it's Thursday. They played on Monday. So, you know, anywhere from a two to five day incubation period for this thing, you could test positive up to 13 days after exposure, yada, 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 yada. Most cases are two to five days. We're in that window. 
from Monday or from Sunday or, you know, whatever. Point being, I don't think the NFL did a good enough job of preparing for when this was going to happen. The inevitable was coming. And you've seen what's happened in baseball. Baseball, I have a feeling that these teams really fucking buckled down once all, you know, when the Phillies, I think with the Phillies were the last team that had the real problem. Once that happened, they buckled down. The thing what they're doing now with the playoffs, I really don't fucking get it. What's the point? You know, you're going to, you're going to put teams in a bubble now? And it's not even a bubble. Yeah, I don't get it. I mean, good effort, I guess. Especially for the World Series, apparently they're going to let people in. They're going to have 13,000 fans. All right, well, they're not mingling with the players, so I, you know, it is what it is. It'll be funny to see how that works out. You know, the funny part is I don't think anybody gives a flying fuck about baseball right now. It's so strange to me. I read an article this morning about the uh, the 95 Braves. Uh, Mariners, sorry. 95 Mariners. That was 25 fucking years ago. Bananas. Uh, that team was fun as hell. That series where they beat the Yankees in the playoffs. Fun as hell. And it's just, it's funny to think back, like, how many people cared about baseball then, and how they, nobody gives a fuck about baseball now. Look, I'll always love baseball, don't get me wrong, but, yeah, nobody gives a fuck right now. It's it's odd. But it, the, the whole point of the story, of the talking point, is, is how the NFL has dealt with COVID, and I don't think they've done a good enough job. And part of the problem now, you're hearing a lot of fucking people, especially on sports radio here in Boston, is that they're letting the NFL off the hook and saying that it's the Titans' fault, the Patriots' fault, yada, yada, yada. It's not wrong. It is. However, the NFL has some, they have to have uh, some sort of responsibility here to, to put these fucking protocols in place. They, you know, they were having a uh, a five day period after a second negative test before a player come back. Well, they they get rid of that. Gone. Asymptomatic players need two negative tests. Twenty four hours later, they can come back. Hmm. All right. I'm not a doctor. Don't claim to be one. Never will be too stupid. But it, I find it odd. It's just weird the way the whole the way the, that they uh, prepared for this thing, and now they're they're trying to play catch up. They're issuing all these uh, memos to the teams and to the players' union, and trying to you know they're they're reacting, which you know I guess it's good, but they probably they should have been proactive from the get go. They should have seen this coming. Especially when they were the last league to get started. They had so much time to get all this shit in order. And they waited way too fucking long. And it's all the players, too. The players' union should have fucking said something. Like, hey, what the fuck are you guys doing? 
Yeah, I don't know. Weird. Anyway. I just listened back to the uh, the last segment. The fucking, it, this sounds so bad. Like the echo is fucking awful. Oh, I'm at such a fucking, um, I'm at a loss here. Uh, it, the, the sound is terrible. I don't know. I may have to fucking, may have to just end the pod for now and then start when this thing is, uh, when I finally have the space. So fucking disappointing. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I need to like end this pod and start the new pod. I love the name of the show, though. It's a great name. And I've already invested into some gear. <laughs> Full kit wanker this weekend on the golf course. Full kit wanker. Very exciting. I don't know. Maybe cut it back to once a week. Problem is, like, I can't. My wife works from home on Monday. So I can't, like, sit here and, and do this on Monday. Because you'll hear her. And then I will, you know, obviously interrupt her work. Or, God willing, I actually get a job and won't be able to do this during the day. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I don't know. It's too bad because I like it. I enjoy it. And I was trying to make something of it too, which is, you know, I waited way too long to try and make something of it, <laughs> which is the story of my fucking life. Uh, behind on everything, slow as fuck, lazy. That's just how I am. And I just burped into the microphone. There comes a time when you have to step back and look at what you're doing and realize what you're doing is fucking... Um, yeah, where I just spent 10 minutes talking about, well, not even talking, rambling about, um, you know, the NFL COVID preparedness, which I'm sure will be moot by the end of the day. Something else will come along. Oh, well, uh, I was going to talk about, uh, you know, customer service, these issues that we've had since we moved with Lowe's and Comcast. I wish I had a bigger audience just to fucking call those two companies out onto the mat and tell them how fucking awful they are. But I don't. So I'm going to, I'm still going to say, I mean, those two companies are fucking dog shit, two dog shit companies. And in the case of Comcast, that's a fucking full-on monopoly. You're not going to convince me otherwise. I cannot get the same internet from another 
uh, ISP that I can get from Comcast. Not not even not even fucking close to the same. Like I have the ability to get Verizon, but it is fucking trash. Satellite internet, even worse. So they got you by the fucking nuts. Lowe's, you have another option. You can go to Home Depot. But Home Depot isn't much better. So I'm going to be an Ace Hardware guy moving forward. For all of my hardware needs, Ace Hardware. And they don't have everything that you need, but what can you do, you know? Anyway. Um... That'll do it for the show. I will mercifully end this nonsense. Uh, so, you you know, you don't have to listen to this tinny sound anymore. Or it sounds like I'm in a fucking giant conference room. Actually just sitting in my house. My wife's house. <laughs> my uh, congested self. We'll see what happens with the program. I might cut it back to once a week. Just so I can do it and so that um, you know, I have an outlet. But I'm not going to do anything serious until we can actually have a more secure and better place to do the show. That doesn't sound like dog shit. However, look. Uh, today was supposed to be lock of the week. I haven't heard from either of those guys in the last few days, so I'm not even going to bother. Same with best bets, um, mainly because nobody knows what the fuck is going on with football, so who the fuck knows. Uh, I do have I do have a best bet, though. Let me just pull this up so I don't forget it. Uh, I do like the Bucks tonight, but that's, that's not going to be my best bet, so... Um, I am going to go with the uh, the Arizona Cardinals this weekend. Uh, they are a minus 7.5. How it's only minus 7.5, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> the Jets are a train wreck. They're going to have Joe Flacco this weekend. So, yeah. We'll see. So I like the I like the Cardinals minus seven and a half. That is my best bet. Of the three of us, I am currently in last. And I believe Banksley is one. Jackie Paley Jr. number two. And your humble host, numero three. But uh yeah. So that'll do it for the program. Uh, I will talk to you folks at some point. Who knows when? Not that anyone listens or cares anyway. So um, take care of yourself, please. Take care of each other. Godspeed. Ta-ta.